Hello and welcome to the Getting Messy podcast, being recorded remotely. I'm in my bedroom, Dodds is at, uh, in the SOC bar. How are you, Dodds? I'm all good, bro, are you? Yeah, not too bad, it's been a while. Yes, mate, yeah, yeah. Um, we've had a, a forced break, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it, it dried up a little bit, didn't it? But um, I suppose Christmas and what have you. We're back in. We're back on it. Back into New Year, twenty twenty one. Gonna smash shit out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's um. We're recording this. Well, we're recording this on the, the day it's coming out. But it's been a been a very good weekend of football, actually, hasn't it? It's it's actually been exciting. I've I've enjoyed the difference in in watching it with with it being FA Cup. With like it started Friday night with the with the Barry goal for for Aston Villa. And then obviously Chorley beating Derby, a depleted Derby side, and mm. and then um, Crawley yesterday. Have you you seen much of it over the weekend? Yeah, mate. It seems it's weird, isn't it? It seems like a lot of the big guns have played teams like loads lower down. Like Marines, the lowest ever team to play a top flight side, I think. Mm. Step four. That's literally two only two steps higher than what we play at. Um. So yeah, mental, mate. Really. But I thought. Uh, I thought um, the Villa under-18s on Friday, they did very well against Liverpool. For 60 minutes, they were in the game. It was, it was decent to watch. Did you, did you catch that? Yeah, I saw bits of it. I didn't see the full game, but from what I saw, yeah, they, they, were, like, they were holding on, weren't they? Like, not even holding on, competing. Yeah, mate, it was good. It was good. It has been a good weekend of football. Obviously, you'd rather see fans there. Um, for some reason, it seemed as though quite a few fans were in it, the Marine game. Um, yeah, I think the ones I think behind the goal because they've only really got one stand, haven't they? So I think that was press behind that goal, and then the, the fans were kind of in the back gardens, weren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, mate. Yeah, I really enjoyed the football this weekend. It was good. Um, so they're step four, and they mentioned it actually on commentary yesterday. They've won seven games to get there to get Tottenham, and they were like one 0 in the first preliminary round. They were one 0 down on eighty-seven minutes and one two one and all that. Have you do you play FA Cup at, at your level then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played FA Cup. Um, I think yeah, it's something I can't. I don't know how many games we would have to win to get there, but we've we've had good runs in it. Um, FA Vars is probably one that uh, is is more likely for us. We've got to the last thirty two of that, but even that's played at Wembley. Um, it's it's nice. That, that, I mean, that I, I don't know if it's the same around the world, but the tradition of the FA Cup and and, and competitions like that. I mean, imagine imagine if Marine. Marine it, you know, imagine if Marine didn't um, uh, get Tottenham, a top-flight side. They might have got a couple of League One sides, Championship side or League Two or whatever, and then kept them going and going. It's actually not out of the question when you get to that sort of level that they can have a real go at it and get... It's just ridiculous. They're at, what, they're the eighth tier of English football? They probably train once a week. So it, it's just there's just nothing like it. And I think I was speak, speaking to like the lads over the weekend and that it does feel as though the FA Cup gets a little bit disrespected at times, don't you think? Yeah, it does. And that's what that what was nice yesterday about Mourinho because fair play, the four and up after 32 minutes or something. But he's played a side that he's gone and respected them. He's not going to play the 18s or he's, he's respected them. And I think if you're a Marine player, fair play, you, you're probably not very happy being four or five nil down. But Gareth Bale's coming on at 5-0 and stuff. And that, that is what it's all about, isn't it? If you you don't want to play Tottenham 23s, do you? And, and Mourinho always respects it. So I think that's... And you can come unstuck. Liverpool nearly come unstuck, didn't they? So maybe... Yeah. Come in, so. I, don't know, I don't know the possession stats, but, you know, it must have been about 90-10. <laughs> Literally chasing shadows for the whole game. Can we talk about Dion Dublin's commentary? Oh, my God, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was painful, wasn't it? horrendous how patronising was it anytime any marine player did something it was like the like they'd never played football before it's like they just picked people off the streets to play Tottenham like every it time was... the marine play the marine goalkeeper did anything it was like oh brilliant mate it's like he didn't even know about football like he was trying to make like crap jokes in that like sit to arms under the hammer pal <laughs> <laughs> so your, your level now Step six, non-elite. It's what you've had. What have you had for nearly for full season up until when did it stop? About two, three weeks ago. Well, we didn't start the league till October, so oh, after okay. everything that was going on, um, and then we had a month off between November and December. Mm. Um, 
because of because of whatever, whatever uh, lockdown we were in at that point. And then yeah, we haven't played now for a couple of weeks. Um, I think steps four and three, they're on about calling the calling the leagues off, and they're just waiting to hear what what we're going to do. Um, I think there's a few different options. A couple of one of the options is um, create like a mini league for like the top half and the bottom half. Another option is to um, carry on playing the league um, and let it allow it to finish in August. Another one's for it to call it off altogether, but it all just depends on how long lockdown's going to going to be on for. Mate, to be honest, we've played 13 games and it's the 11th of Jan, so <laughs> it's mental. I, I think at the end, I think at the end of the day, they'll probably call the league off um, and then go and go from there, go from next season, which is a shame because literally is what, what that's all we have to look forward to at the minute but is what it is isn't it gotta move on if step four and step three and like the, the the first leagues under elite football are, are looking at it it looks because I, I read the other day Michelova sports that the the fa council or something are looking at cancelling their league so if it looks if it's that level's looking like they're going to do it then it looks a bit ominous for a bit lower down doesn't it yeah it does mate i think our level i mean you know we all rely on the gates and that but like our team, for example, we don't get don't really get paid that much. Other teams in our league who pay a bit more, they'd be keen to call the league off because they can't pay the players. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. It is it is frustrating, mate. It's frustrating. But you know, like, what do you do on a Saturday afternoon? I suppose just, just watch you watch other professional games and uh, get the bets on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's all they all they can do. Could be a lot worse, couldn't it? There's a lot of people out there that are a bit worse off, so we have to we have to mention them. But Definitely. Michael Mancian, it's been in the uh, it's been in the can for a, <laughs> a couple of weeks, well, a couple of weeks, about a month or so now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has been, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was nice for his kids to join us as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> like a double header, wasn't it? <laughs> he had some great input, his kid. Yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, really pleased that he joined us. Yeah, um, I enjoyed I enjoyed editing the random screams out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I think it's probably worth mentioning there that, that I mean the first half the the kid is present. Um, it, it, I'm assuming it's only three or four, so he, it's quite hard to to keep him quiet at times. But I mean, it does get better and better and better, doesn't it? He, he's got some good stories to tell throughout, and particularly the second half of it, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think the first twenty minutes, he's he's kind of slow. I still think not just uh, having his lad there, but I think he's trying to figure us out a little bit. And I think as it goes on, he warms up, doesn't he? And he, get, he gets better and better and better until, until the end. Yeah, well, I think you mentioned he, he probably <laughs> he probably opened up his Zoom, seen two lads like in the SOC bar. Knacking back a couple of Stellies each and think, what did he say? He's like, So, how long have you been doing this for then, lads? Yeah, how, many, <laughs> how many of these have you done now then? <laughs> Looked at us like, Is this is these the two that's going to be to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, exactly like you say. I mean, I think that's some, that sometimes happens, doesn't it? Even with the other lads that have been on, like the warm into it as you go on and further into it. So, like I say, I mean, I was really interested at, at points. Um, you know, particularly the second half of it. Like he's had an interesting career, hasn't he? I won't reel off all his, his facts again, but it, he has had an interesting career and um, I I definitely enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. But I mean like stories about these are always interesting. I mean they're always interesting stories anyway, but when the people start mentioning like Mourinho and Drogba and like going to play in Hamburg and the stories that follow, they just seem like, a little bit more interesting, don't they? Because you drop in names like that and they and you don't see it's much you don't see Jose Mourinho as a human being, do you? you just yeah. see him as this bloke who's good at managing, but he's actually like having the crack and stuff. So it is interesting from that point of view. Yeah, he's had a very diverse career as well, hasn't he? He's, he's yeah. had various different um, experiences and what have you. So yeah, he's uh, he's certainly a character, mate. Good storyteller. So I'm sure people will enjoy it. Do you want to introduce him? Yeah, mate. Michael Mancian. If uh, well, he's just left Boston, hasn't he, in yeah. America. Um, currently a free agent then I suppose so uh, please do enjoy Welcome to Getting Messy Michael Manson how are you pal? 
Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Yourselves? Yeah, I'm good, mate, Dodzy. All good, mate, all good. What's going on at the minute, then? How are you, are you coping? Uh, coping all right, to be honest. I'm just happy to be back in England, to be back home like amongst my like my family and that, to be honest. So, uh, all good. Just back from New England, is it? Yeah, from Boston. So I was in I was in Boston for two. Sorry, I'm, I have to move move around a little bit. Yeah, um, I was in Boston for two and a half years. Um, yeah, it was a good experience. Uh, I enjoyed it and that. But to be honest, I, I miss being back home. What's the What's the standard like out there now? Because I've I've spoken to a few uh, lads who are playing over there at the minute, and the record over the last few years, it's the standards really improving, isn't it? Over over in America, do you find that? Yeah, to be honest, when I went over there. I thought it was gonna be like walking the park to be honest. I thought it was gonna be really easy. But the standard is good. There are a lot of good players in there. But the toughest thing for me was traveling in the same country on a plane for six hours and then getting off the plane, different time zone, different climate, and playing a game the next day. It was mental. And you, your body feels like you feel like crap, to be honest. And it was it, that was tough. That was really hard. How'd you cope with that? mate you just got to just get through it and deal with it to be honest but it's like you could be in Boston and it'd be snowing then you could play in a game in Philly and it's boiling <laughs> so it's, it's, mate it was mental it was like it's, it's quite tough to be honest it, it, it is tough I can find it I can see why like people from abroad who go there like I spoke to a lot of people that have, that have played um, in America from abroad and they said they found it tough as well just, just that whole travelling aspect is, is really hard. How have you got on there? So in your your team, have you done done all right? Or yeah, team done all right. We got to the Eastern Conference Final uh, this season. That's why I'm back a little bit later. Um, don't really understand it to be honest. So basically, basically, COVID messed things up so bad. We literally played the same team about played Montreal about six times. I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> It didn't make any sense. It was, yeah, they were just obviously just trying to get games, like make make teams play and stuff and play games. But it was just, yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare. So we got to the Eastern Conference final by playing Montreal, really, because we, we battered them like five times and got a lot of points off them. So, how did you get out there then? Was it, did you know the gaffer or was it like any link to, to England or is it just a case of uh, got yourself over there? It was Brad Friel that brought me there. Um, yeah, he's the one that just obviously he spoke to my agent and he's the one that got me out there. What's the plan now then? You trying to find a club back in England once you've you finish your quarantine and then? Uh, yeah, just yeah, just gonna see what happens to be honest and just kind of go with the flow. Just obviously, I'm trying to I need to keep myself fit and then um, see what options I have really. I don't know how much producer Ben's told you about the format and whatnot, but there's ten questions. It's the same ten questions we ask everybody. All right. And then we try to get Lionel Messi on the podcast at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the Georgie. <laughs> all the Georgie. Right, question uh, question number one was who did you support growing up and what you Who did I support growing up? Um well I did don't know if I said I'd support him. Uh, it was kind of Liverpool at the, at the start, just because of my dad. But then obviously when I got scouted for Chelsea when I was like eight years old, Yay! I was ball boy in all the games, all like so I probably I grew up supporting Chelsea to be honest. What, what are your first footballing memories? Do you remember like your first first getting involved, first playing? Say that again. What are your first footballing memories? Can you can you get remember like your first first getting involved yeah. in the game, first playing? Yeah, I can remember. Um, I was playing for a Sunday league club, but I was playing like um, two age groups up, and uh, the very first game of the season, I wasn't even like, I wasn't starting, wasn't on the bench. I wasn't involved. I, was, I must have been about six, six or seven or something like that. Yeah, about six. And um, yeah, I just remember feel, feeling like crap and just saying to myself, can never let this happen ever again. That's like my first early football memory. But then I got moved down into my own age group after that and I just I just tore it up, to be honest. Yeah. What, what age did you join Chelsea? I was eight years old. It wasn't a, an academy back then. It was like a school of excellence. So I joined joined there and just came up through the ranks. Was it was anyone that did you come through with anyone that made it to the first team as well and, and made onto a professional debut or? Uh, yep. Uh, maybe not from that age. Not from eight years old. Not none that I can think of. But later on, like around fifteen, fourteen, people like uh, like Ryan Bertrand came. Yeah. And obviously he's gone on and he's kicked on Jack Cork. 
has done well. Uh, Sam Hutchinson, actually, Sam Hu- Sam Hutchinson was there actually when um when I was a little boy. Um, they're the only real big ones that I can think of. Scott so, Sinclair as well. Oh, really? So, like, so I think now, like, there's a Chelsea's like youth system because of like you know the, their setup now is is really good. It's so when you were going through the ranks, were you with Chelsea one of the better youth systems in the country? Yeah, I'd say they're definitely up there. Um, it's not as good as well. It, it wasn't as good as what it is now. Like now, it's like a joke. It's so good. It's like ridiculous. Like the training facilities, everything. They've got everything. Like when I was coming up, like we were still training at Harlington, which isn't. That's where QPR train now, to be honest. And it, it's got nothing on where they tra- like train now. Their training facilities are a joke. They've got literally everything. They've got like a hundred pitches. And, like it's a joke. Yeah, it wasn't as good when I was coming up. But I got like that towards the tail end of being at Chelsea. Second. Um... Second sort of question is uh, memories of your professional debut. What, what I've seen from um, when I did the research was it? Did you make your professional debut when you was at QPR on loan? Oh, Yeah, yeah, I made my professional debut for yeah when I was at QPR on loan. Yeah, I can't even remember the game. To be honest, it was oh, yeah. such a long time ago. I can't remember. The, I remember my professional debut for Chelsea. I don't remember it for QPR. I'm gonna say so. I think the one for QPR. Was away at Chef Wednesday. Uh, I think he ca- came on. I think at half time um, for Birchin. Mark Birchin. Oh yeah, Mark Birchin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So not gonna lie to you, boys. Cannot remember. <laughs> really? <laughs> I can't remember. I, I remember my professional days for Chelsea, but I don't remember for like my debut for QPR. Is it is it harder coming through because obviously at the time um, Chelsea are, are up there, one of the best teams in the country. So is it harder as a youngster trying to break in and you have to go out and get your loan spells and go and get your experience elsewhere before going back? Does it make it harder? Yeah, of course it does. Um, especially the team that Chelsea had when I was like trying to like in and around the first team, their team was an absolute disgrace. They're like there was World Cup winners in there. There was people that were captains of their country. It was like. Yeah, mate, it, it's hard. But you obviously, as a young lad, you need to go, you need experience and you need to be playing games. You need to put your name out there. So you need to, you know, you need to go out and, and play because you can't, you can't sit around and rock. So when you signed your professional contract then at, at Chelsea, was that, was Mourinho in charge at that point? My first professional contract. So you like, when you went, so obviously you went away, you went away and played for QPR, but when you were first yeah. sort of it, in and around the first team at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, it was Mourinho. So he was the one that, like, obviously, he brought me in to, like, tri- like in and around the first team, pretty much. Mourinho was the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when he first came to Chelsea. And that's from, well, that's like, 04, 05. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. team was fucking unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, that team, mate, that team was a disgrace. It was so good. It was so good. The standard in training, all I'm saying is the boxes... Like we do boxes, you know, boxes. So we do boxes like for a warm up, and there was like an African box, and there was like an English box. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and the English box, the standard of that English box. Oh my god! Mate, who's in that? Who's in that English box? I used, to, I used to walk out and think, all right, I'm going to try and join the African lads because they're having banter. Like someone make a mistake, they're arguing for about ten minutes. The English box, it was just zipping around. It was popping around. And all I'm saying was, I started walking over to the African box and I've heard about four voices go, Oi! I can't swear, can I? Well, I was walking over and all I heard was, Oi, where the fucking hell do you think you're going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who, me? They're like, yeah. They're like, get your fucking ass over here. So I literally didn't say anything, walked over to the English box, just walked in, picked up the bib and I was just in the middle, literally the whole time struggling to get out and when I did get out I was so tired because the ball was popping so much that I had no energy in my legs to pass, make a pass or even think so I went <laughs> straight back in and back then as well that was when uh, that was when Gus Hiddink was in charge and Ray Wilkins uh, was there as well and they used to join in that English box and they used to say to me Michael if I make a mistake uh, would you mind going in for me I'd be like yeah alright no problem <laughs> <laughs> I'll be going in for their mistakes, my own mistakes. So I was literally blowing, blowing out my ass. Question number three is, what's the, the favourite victory in your career you've had? Your favourite victory? 
Favourite victory? Good question. Uh, probably maybe when I was at Forest and we beat Arsenal in the FA Cup. That that was a that was a that was a massive one. Later on that evening, that's, that's when I found out that my wife now is was, was pregnant with our with our first son. So uh, yeah, probably probably that one. Was that it? Was that at home? Was it? Yeah, that was at home. And then yeah, they... four, four two. Was it four two? Yeah, four two. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a good Forest team at the time. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. That was good win. Good win. That's the one that sticks out to me. To be honest, I can't think of any others. That's the one that probably sticks out the most. Do you think that that Forest team at that time could have gone on a little bit more? Maybe challenged a bit more for promotion and got out of the championship because he had some an amazing squad. Yeah, especially to be honest, especially when I first got to Forest, our team was like we was on flames. We won like the first nine games. And then just so many injuries hit our team. And then it just kind of went a little bit downhill from there because we lost a lot of big players that were scoring a lot of our goals at the time. Um, so we lost, we lost a lot of goals. Obviously losing strikers, I think we lost Reedy as well, which was huge because he was massive for us. And um, I think if everyone had stayed fit, I think we would have definitely been like up there that season, especially that season. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, obviously over the, I think what probably didn't help at times as well, particularly at your time at, at Forest, is you had probably what you must have played under what like six, seven, eight managers. Yeah, it was a joke. It was like a revolving door, mate. It was, uh, yeah, it was what you need at a club as well. Like you need stability. You need you need a manager that's going to be there, knows his players. Like you keep changing things. There's, the club's never going to stabilize. It's never going to it's never going to settle down because you're always because things are always changing. And uh, you don't really form a system or a way of playing because you you keep on checking. A new manager comes in, he wants to use play a different way. Then another manager comes in, you've got to play another certain kind of way. So um, yeah, that made that made things quite tough to be honest. Yeah. What what's um? Is there any managers that stick out in your mind that you think I wish I wish I had to give him a bit more time? Like I like the way the style that he played. Was it that particular season that you're on about the way you beat Arsenal? Or uh, let me think. Let me think. To be honest, I really, to be honest, personally, especially when I was at Forest, I actually really liked Dougie Freeman. Yeah, boy, I, I actually thought he was was really good, um, and I wish maybe that he had a little bit more time. And I did like Mark Warburton as well. Um, I think how they kind of got like dismissed, how he kind of got dismissed from there was a little bit unfair. But um, yeah, probably those two. Yeah, I remember Ben saying about. Like Mark Warburton, obviously, the, the style of play that he, he wanted the team to, to play like, like it was always from like out the back, keeping the ball, that sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, no, he was he was really good. He wanted to get the team playing, but um, yeah, he he needed more time to be honest. Yeah, I think it obviously at the time, obviously in the background sort of stuff like Forest was in a bit of a mess really. So it's it's a shame because he had like such a good squad. In the background, so much stuff was going on that it, it, it you couldn't really do what you needed to do on the pitch, sort of thing. Mate, that was honestly that was the problem at Forest. Like my whole time I was there, there was always something going on mm. with like if it wasn't Fawaz or whatever. Like it was just yeah, it was just a, yeah, there was always something going on. All right, cool. Um, so question number four. Uh, a bit of a contrast to the last question. Biggest stinker you've ever had or mistake you've ever made on a, on a football pitch? I made a few of those. Uh, uh, let me think. There was one, uh, I can't remember who it was against because I've, I've, uh, I've tried to forget this moment in my career. I can't remember who it was against. It was when I was at Wolves and um, the ball's come in the air and I've kind of lost the ball in in the sun and I've tried and I was so far from the goalkeeper and I don't know like because I've seen it last minute I thought shit let me try and flick it back to the keeper so I've tried to flick it back but I've literally headed it it's gone straight up behind me the geezer's run behind me picked up the ball and just gone and just smashed it in on it and I was ugh. honestly I just wanted the referee to call the rest of the game off just wanted to go home <laughs> <laughs> the fun start do you ever I think we've asked uh, previous guests like 
when that sort of thing happens and you've obviously got 20 odd thousand fans just like screaming at you, does that, does the pressure get, get to you after, after you've made that sort of mistake? Um, to be honest, luckily he was playing away. Uh, <laughs> the second thing was that, to be honest, I actually played really well after that mistake. I actually played really well that game and everyone was supportive of me as well. So, um, I didn't, I didn't notice anyone screaming abuse at me, thank God. But yeah, no, I was all right. I was all right. <laughs> Question five. Who's the best player you've ever played with, in your personal opinion? Is this excluding, like, Chelsea players? Because probably it would be most of them. Yeah, yeah. well, anyway, anyone anyone you played or trained with, anyone that, like, stood out to you and think, oh, he's a joke? Yeah. Uh, probably Frank Lampard. Especially when he was like on flames, like just every time he shot, he scored. Like I used to, he used to do shooting after training, and so sometimes I'd just sit there and watch him. And he, mate, he didn't miss, and he just works. His work ethic was a joke. He worked so hard in training, and uh, yeah, he was. He's probably, he's probably one of the best by far. I've heard, I've heard quite a few stories about Frank Lampard because he was he spent some time at Derby, who I, who I support, and. Um, I heard that that he's, he's training and work ethic, and he's just like he's just a winner, isn't he? And it's like spending he, that time after his attitude. Honestly, mate, he's mate. That whole that whole squad were, were winners. Like, if you're on John Terry's team and training, all I'm saying is, you better train like you're playing a game, like a real life game. You better give everything because if you don't, because he's giving everything, and if you don't, mate, you, you're going to get it. And obviously, as a young boy, I was just literally running around like a headless chicken. I'd be coming off the, that training pitch, blowing out my ass, and feeling like shit for the next three days because I literally played a game in that training game. And that <laughs> game, that game went on for about ten minutes, like a little training game at the end. But you're literally working so hard. Yeah. Uh, but it was good because you could see why, why, why they, why they are winners. They hate. Mm. He hated losing. He didn't want to lose at anything. Yeah. And I guess it's the same as. Obviously, you being a defender, I bet at times in training you would have had to mark Didier Drogba. Yeah, absolute handful. Absolute unit and a beast. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, to be honest, like training with those guys actually made me a a better player because they their thought process and their sharpness, they were like three steps ahead, especially when I first started training with them. They were like three steps ahead of me all the time. They were just, mate, they were were a joke. They were so intelligent. uh, They had to learn quick. A lot of ex-footballers talk about how good Joe Cole was, um, and like training in that. Did you find that as well? Yeah, he was. Yeah, technically he was a joke. He was so good. He was so so good. Sorry, mate. My my son's absolutely taking all my childhood trophies and destroying them. <laughs> <laughs> I've only just noticed. <laughs> That's. On the, on that though, because you, you often hear about players that are, are unbelievable in training, but then can't quite do it on a match day, and they don't kind of transfer that to when they get the opportunity. Do you, have you seen players like that that can go on a training field, kind of rip it up, and then they can't really do it on a Saturday? Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I'm not mentioning no names, but yeah, I've seen that a lot. I've seen I've seen loads of players like that. So many players, and I've just seen players that are really good in training, and then just the proper shit house when it comes to like to the game. Like I remember, I remember a time when I was in Hamburg. I can't actually, I can't, I can't tell that story because then people you'd know who it is who I'm talking about. <laughs> but let's just say someone, mate. Basically, Hamburg at that point had never been relegated, and the fans broke into our training ground and wrote on the wall in German, "If you go down, we're gonna fucking kill you." All I'm saying was there was. I've never seen so many arseholes drop in my life. People were f- dropping in training like flies. People were pulling hamstrings, hamstrings, pulling groins and like all sorts of injuries because we had to play a playoff game with a team that was third from top in the league below us because we was third from bottom. And uh, obviously it was to who goes up, who goes down. <sighs> Mate, in that game, I've, yeah. So I've, I've seen people that are... Good in training and shit houses on the pitch, but I'm not. I'm, I don't want to tell, say the rest of the story because then you'll know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you? Um, how were you feeling seeing that then? Though? Are you reacting to that sort of stuff? Are you shitting it a little bit? Surely? Well, in in that situation, yeah. To be honest, I didn't even. I just blocked it. I just blocked it out. I was, yeah. I actually quite looked forward to the. I looked forward to the game. I, I actually buzzed to play. In, I buzzed to play in the game because it was because because of the pressure. It actually made me 
Yeah, yeah it made me feel more focused. I felt more focused and stuff because I knew how much relied on the games. I suppose that's what they're the games that you sort of want to play in as a professional footballer, isn't it? Yeah, of course. If you enjoy playing football, you want to play in like the big games or the games that matter, important games. And that was one thing like playing in America, like you can't get relegated. So I know people want to get to the to the final and stuff, but there's no there's no pressure like a team like you come bottom of the league like all right, well we should try again next year. It's just one of them. It's just like it doesn't almost don't matter. Yeah, mate, that's a joke. You can't, you can't not. Imagine not getting relegated. That's it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like it's it's like a, it's franchises, isn't it? In in places like America, I oh, know that's what it is. Yeah, and mate, it's just it, it just made no sense. So people almost going into the games and no one's really worried. Like no one's like, if you're losing, you're losing. Obviously, you don't want to lose, but like you're not really worried about going down. People losing their jobs or anything like that. Like there's no, there's not that kind of pressure over there. Yeah. They're, um, they're trying to replicate a little bit. I know I've spoken to people that are coaching over there and involved in clubs, and they want to try and replicate the game a little bit. They try, want to try and replicate the English game a little bit over there, don't you? With the atmosphere and, and how it works. is it working? Can you see that, or is it, is it always going to be a separate kind of entity like soccer as it is? Yeah, soccer, mate. That they 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 ain't replicating nothing over there. All I'm, <laughs> all I'm saying was the, the abuse, like the abuse that you'd get from the fans over there. To compare to over here, <laughs> you start, you start, honestly, some of the stuff I heard, some of the fans like I can't even remember half the stuff. Like I'll actually start, I'll burst out laughing. It made me laugh. It's so funny. It's like they shout, they'll shout your name and say you're not very good. Like something like, that. It's like what? Yeah, what? I, play, I played at Millwall away, mate. You're not doing anything to me. Here. <laughs> that's what, I'm, mate. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. Like I played at Millwall away. I don't know, like whatever you're shouting, like means nothing. Honestly. <laughs> Do the, do the fans mix over there, or are they still separated? No, they're they're separated. They're separated. What they do before NFL games, like they turn up like four hours before a game and have a massive cookout in the car park, and they literally do the same thing there. Like they turn up like three hours before like the game and like have a massive cookout, and like you're driving up and you're seeing kids like they bring their own games from home. And, like you're seeing kids like with playing these. I don't know what the hell they're playing. They're playing games, having cookouts and stuff, and then they come and watch the game. Oh wow. <laughs> Different so it's, it's just different. It's just different. Maybe I, I remember loads of times going to away games as a kid, and my dad just like put your put your head down, don't look back. Because behind us, <laughs> it's all like horrendous, like riots. <laughs> Honestly, mate, that's yeah, that's what I remember as well. That's that's how it is. But yeah, it's just, it's just different. It's just so it's more like family friendly over there. I played with uh, Hoiming's son when he was at Hamburg. And I thought he was unbelievable then. Um, left foot, right foot, could score from anywhere. I thought it was a disgrace. Yeah, I thought Hoiming Sun was uh, was unbelievable. Um, played with uh, Hakan Chinoglu as well. He's at AC Milan now. Um, he was really good. He was really sharp. He was he, he was a really good player. They're two that stick out in my mind. Um, yeah, they're two that, pro- that obviously Sun. Look at what Sunny's doing right now. He's a disgrace. He's so good. He's on flames, yeah. so um, yeah, they're probably the two that stick out in my mind. So is it is was he doing the bits that he's doing now? At that like just I, I guess getting glimpses, but I suppose like his raw pace is probably still the same, wasn't it? To be fair, he's been doing it for about four or five years in the prem, hasn't he? Mate, he was so sharp. Geez, I can't explain to you. Like trying to attack. Like there was one. There was one time. I remember one time in training. He just annoyed me because he was just so sh- like just banging in goals. Obviously, like playing like a little tournament, and I really in my head I was like, I'm gonna smash him. I'm gonna smash him next next time he gets the ball. I'm gonna smash him. Couldn't get close to him, mate. He literally was just letting it off, and then he's gone. He's mate. He was gone. He was so sharp. He was no. Yeah, he was a really good player, yeah. and a really nice kid as well. Really good. Really good guy. Yeah, he seems sound on that documentary you watched. Yeah, as well. I've seen it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he does seem sound to be fair. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Really good guy. Biggest training ground bust up you've ever seen? Uh, probably when I was at QPR. Yeah, probably when I was at QPR. Can I name, can I name players or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I to name players. Between uh, between Damien Stewart and Rowan Vine. Yeah, and Viney, I don't know if you if you guys know or remember him. Yeah, like he 
he could talk for great like loveliest geezer could talk for great britain honestly mate could what like it was a proper what it was a wind-up merchant and damien stewart was like a jamaican guy laid back never really saw him angry until one day i saw him angry and they had a massive like massive fight at training ground and but it was all resolved like the next day yeah that was probably the biggest one that i've seen what was it like punches like proper full-on fight and them getting split up sort of thing yeah yeah it was yeah there was punches being thrown yeah it was punches being thrown i i, I, I don't even know if it was a punch it was almost like a push punch but all i saw was Vani's head <laughs> his neck nearly broke <laughs> it was yeah it was mad it was mad honestly when i was honestly being at qpr when i first went there it was like it was like being in a it was like being in eastenders mate there was something going on there all the time <laughs> there was something happening all the time was that, uh, was that under holloway no that was it was john gregory that brought me there oh was it yeah john gregory that brought me there yeah, again, he was at, he was at Derby for for a bit, and um, when he was in the Premier League. So yeah, I've got memories of John Gregg. What was he like as a gaffer? Yeah, it's just old school, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was there. I remember like one time like we went to training. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was raining or I can't remember what happened. But he literally he walked out and goes, "Boys, fuck this. Let's go down to the cafe and have an English breakfast." So we literally sat training off and went and got an English breakfast and went home. <laughs> Something yeah, it was led. He was led. I, I, I can't remember who it was. It was a striker who played for John Gregory at Derby, and um, he picked him up. Said when he signed for him, and he went and picked him up, and then like he drove him to the training ground for the first time, and he just said to him like, "Son, if you score for me on a Saturday, do what you want. Do the business for me. I'll leave you alone." Kind of thing. I thought that's brilliant. It's like old school. Isn't it? It's only fifteen years ago, but proper old school. Mate, he is old school, but he was like he was led. He was a really he was a top geezer, top guy. Is that the sort of management that you prefer, like just a little bit more old school than that, or do you prefer it nowadays? Um, a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. I like a bit of both. I just I like a manager that um, that that just speaks to their players, just honest with their players. So you just you know where you stand all the time. To be honest, that's the kind of manager I like. But obviously, I like how managers are have evolved now, and everyone wants obviously their teams to play in just a certain way of playing. It's it's good, but um. Yeah, I like, I like a bit of both. I do like the old school, especially if you get to skip training and go have an English breakfast. <laughs> question seven, what's the best Christmas do you've ever been on? Good question. Good question. <laughs> I bet, mate, I've been, on a, I've, been on a, I've been on a few good ones, to be honest. Uh, can't remember half of them, to be honest. <laughs> um... Probably when I, one of the ones that sticks out to me is probably when I was at when I was at Wolves. We went to we went to Dublin. Mm. That was really good. That was a really good Christmas do. Um, one of the boys. I don't. I'm not going to say. Actually, I'm going to say his name. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> it was it was Andrew Sermon. Yeah. And um, we was he was my roommate. I was sharing a room with him. Hey, mate. He was like Jekyll and Hyde, like he was a normal person. And as soon as he was steaming, he was like, he was just a different person. Like his his eyes could not focus on you. So we were sat, we were sat in a pub, and uh, we were sat we were sat in a pub, and it was a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, it was a little bit dead at that point, and we was in fancy dress. Like there was no there was no real banter because it was all like kind of struggling. This was the day after Saturday, so everyone was like struggling a little bit, hungover. And he just goes, you know what, fuck this. And he stood up and disappeared. And I was thinking, where the fuck has he gone? So in this pub and there's massive like windows everywhere. All of a sudden, I've looked down the street and I see him sprinting down the street naked, like dancing, like as he's <laughs> running down the street naked, he's ran past the windows and goes, like run down the street, like Dublin, mate. It was, but yeah, it was it was good. It was a fun time, man. It was just yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, mate, honestly, he was he was so normal. Sat next to me and just goes, nah, just, nah, this is nah, this is shit, mate. Disappeared for about five minutes. Just seen him run down the street naked. So yeah, it's fucking weird. But yeah, it was funny. Yeah, fucking. Do, do you um do you think that that side of the game going out and having your nights out and having the crack and having the team spirit? Do you think still think that's got an important part to play in in the game? Definitely. Hundred percent, million percent, because uh, 
like when sometimes obviously you speak to players you speak to people every like your teammates every single day but then obviously when you're in that kind of environment where it's a bit more relaxed and it's a bit different you get like you get speaking to someone you get to like get to know them better as a teammate and and that and you build a better chemistry amongst all of you so um i think 100 percent is it's vital when it's needed do you, do you look back at any part of your career and think like that was the most enjoyable part of my career for everything for the lads that you had around you for the gaffer maybe even for the time of the team that you was playing for is there a particular time that you look back with fond memories trying to say, I, do, I do i look back i look back fondly to be honest when i was in hamburg yeah, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it until I until I left. Like I loved I loved the city. I loved where I lived. I loved playing for the club. Um, it was a massive club, and uh, I, I did really enjoy it. I'm not gonna lie, the banter weren't the greatest with some of the German boys. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not gonna lie, didn't understand any meeting that I was ever in. <laughs> I was honestly sat there and mate, the first week I got there, we had meetings for about two hours and I was literally half falling I was nearly falling asleep I was nearly falling asleep so I didn't know what was going on didn't know any German and there was a there was a guy that came with me and he was from um, he was from Denmark was it Denmark? no he was from Norway sorry he was from Norway and we had, we started German lessons at the exact same time and all I'm saying was the next week I'm still struggling to say hello and goodbye and normal easy stuff <laughs> I, I hear someone down the hallway like cracking jokes and like everyone's laughing I go down it's the same geezer that just started his lessons with me the other day I'm thinking how has he picked this up so quick mate, mate it's a joke it but, was, mate, yeah. we're, we're ignorant to all of that aren't we it's it's mate, so ignorant it's a joke like he literally I'm like I went to him I, saw, I said his name was Pierre Skelbred I was like geezer how, how are you telling jokes like how are you that this is why it's like Bro, I've been going home watching a little bit of German channels and just just listen, trying to pick stuff up. And to be honest, his language is hard anyway. It's just like I can pick it up because I can speak obviously Norwegian. I'm like, fucking hell, mate. He's telling jokes and all sorts. I'm struggling to say hello. <laughs> can you uh, can you remember any German? A little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah. a little bit, but. Um, um, to be honest, like towards the end of it, I actually got really good. I could understand like pretty much everything. Mm. not pretty much everything that's a lie I could understand most like I could hold my own in a conversation like a basic but at a basic level but I could understand what you was trying to say to me if you know what I'm saying yeah. but I was still I was still shit I'm not gonna lie I was terrible so do you look back on family members at Hamburg because is it obviously it's a it, it's a completely different circumstance to English football and you think it perhaps is um it's a good experience to have in your life, I suppose, going to a different culture and that. Yeah. Um, to be honest, ever since I was a uh, like little boy, I always kind of, especially at Chelsea, like being at Chelsea and seeing a lot of foreign boys come in and thinking, why do, why do so many foreigners come here? But no one goes like, what, no one goes abroad. And in my head, I was like, I'd love to go and like play abroad and experience like, like playing somewhere else. Because obviously a football career is so short. And like to have that, like to say, like I've, you know, I've played in Germany, I've played in America, I've played wherever. Like that's that's, that's massive. Like and to just experience a different like way of living, a different lifestyle. I think it's I, I really wanted to experience that. So I think that's why I did enjoy it uh, in the end. And I did really, to be honest, I, the football I found quite mate. The football I found hard um, the first year, and I got I got really used to it the second year, and I had a really good second year there. But when I first went there, played a game. So obviously I'm thinking, oh yeah, we've got a nice, like easy session the next day, nice cool down. Mate, we went for a run in the park for 40 minutes, like in through this forest. And this is this wasn't a jog, like this was like this was a good pace. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? Mate, I was breathing out my ass. This was our this was our cool down. I said, I'd rather go train. I'd rather go train with the lads that didn't play. <laughs> and do this. But um, yeah, everything was just so efficient. I, to be honest, I actually felt that was probably the fittest I've ever been in my whole career, like being over there. Like, it was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So the Bundesliga then, how does that compare to like to the, the standard and the quality of the football? What, what was it? What was that like? Mate, the standard was like really good. I really enjoyed it because obviously 
you know, you get some teams in England, like lower league teams that aren't, that, that don't try and play. But every team over there, no matter how shit they were, they, they tried to play football. Yeah. Like they tried to play football and I, and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed not having a, a metal hat on, like fucking trying to head the ball hundred times a game. Like mm-hmm. it was actually enjoyable to see the ball on the floor and teams actually trying to play. So that's, that's one big difference probably that sticks out. Question number eight, best non-playing member of staff you've ever worked with? Could be anyone. What do you mean? Playing, playing football? Like when they joined in training? No, no, so as in like just to be around, like in the change room and that and, and what the effect they had on you. So like previous guests have said like an old physio. Oh, okay, like yeah. Ben, ben um Ben said Mick Rathbone. Was you there when Mick Rathbone was there? No. No, yeah, he's so like I think he was like an old physio from back in the day. Like I had a good laugh with him in that. But yeah, could be anyone, mate. Uh mate. Should have thought about this question. Um <laughs> Let me think, let me think. To be honest, like most clubs that I've been at, I've always got along with like the physios and all the staff and just had a good laugh with them. Like I enjoyed obviously Steve Devine, Andy Hunt at Forest, like the physios then. Yeah. But I really got along with them really well. But I've, I've got along, to be honest, I can't, I can't pick out someone, an individual like... I can't pick out an individual boy. Sorry, I can't. I can't because I've got, I've got along with so many people. Yeah, yeah. There's not, not someone that stands out, and like, I would say, ah, oh, I'm missing. All <laughs> <laughs> the, the backroom, all the backroom staff, and the people that, as football fans, that we don't necessarily see, they're just as important, aren't they? Like we say about team spirit going on United side and everything, they they play a massive part as well, don't they? Yeah, defo, million percent. Because mate, the, the amount, how hard they work is like is a joke like no one sees how hard like the backroom staff work and um they're so vital for the for the club like, obviously like we're we're players we come in have our breakfast do whatever you do whatever train then we fuck off home at like half 12 or one whatever time it is and they're there till like five and they've been there since six in the morning and then they're doing the same thing again tomorrow so um yeah no um i'm sure i'm pretty sure that Every football like footballer appreciates them because they they everyone sees how hard they do work. Grinds you a little bit as well, I suppose. Brings you back into reality a little bit, seeing what they're doing. Yeah, of course, mate. They're, and they're like there, yeah. Every whim, like you're at home, you need something. Like you've got a problem at home, like uh, like you need a doctor for something. Like you just call call your physio, mate. I need I need I need help with this. I need help with that. And they just they sort you out. It is. I've said on previous podcasts, it's, it's sort of like, do you, are you quite aware? It's kind of like a bubble that all footballers are in, isn't it? Like, do you feel that? It's a massive bubble. It's a huge yeah. bubble. Yeah. It's a massive bubble because honestly, you've got so many people that help you with so many things and you're just not really living in the real world. Honestly, you're not. Because you've got, you like, it's so easy just, like I said, to obviously like call someone at the club call your agent you're struggling with something call your agent mate what's what's this mean like what would i do with this and then they just tell you what to do or they sort it out for you and you don't worry about it so yeah massive bubble it's mad isn't it as well like so even like when you leave football you're still part of the pfa but what i find man is one of my mates like works for like merc or whatever and like even footballers they, they, they get even better deals on stuff as well isn't it like you get like stuff like footballers get better treatment even with like big companies and what have you. Yeah, enough. Yeah, maybe if you're Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. The... Um. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you, you do, you, you do get some good deals. Um, yeah, you do. There's like, there's loads of car companies that give, that give like good deals to, to football, especially if they sponsor your club and stuff like that. It, it depends on stuff like that. So when I like playing the New England Revolution, I was sponsored by Audi. So I got like a good deal on an Audi over there just because obviously the team was sponsored by him but um, yeah we don't get nothing for free no, not, yeah. not on their <laughs> messy levels right there boy <laughs> uh, question number nine who's the, the funniest player you've ever played with the, f- the funniest well just funny just banner funny just yeah. I, I, mate, I'll, play with, I'll play with quite a few funny people to be honest 
Would you put yourself up there? Have you got you got decent banter in the changing room? Yeah, my banter's fire. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, mate, I played with I played with quite a few funny people to be honest, but funny in different ways. I don't. I, it's hard to explain because obviously everyone's everyone's different. Like the banter that I had with like some of like my London people that I played with in London's totally different to people that I'd have banter with like when I was at Nottingham or if I was in Hamburg. But um, I know I'm trying to I'm trying to single someone out who's actually really made me laugh. <laughs> to be honest, I, I probably put Ryan Bertrand up there. Really? Yeah, he was. He's funny. Like. The banner that, yeah, he was funny. Yeah. And, and to be honest, there was a, oh, I can't really say him, but um, so basically, I had, a, I had a mate that I, I came up through the ranks with at Chelsea. He's now coaching at Chelsea, he coaches the youth team. But yeah, he was fucking hilarious, mate. Like, we, there was this guy, so there's this, he was an older player. <laughs> he was an older player. He was a little bit of a, I'm not going to mention his name because if he ever saw this, he'll know who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> He was like a bit of a bully, like training training ground bully, especially to the young boys. Like I was still in school. I must have been about 15. Yeah, about 15. And every time we'd come into the training ground, he'd make the young boys. Like we'd, I'd, had to, I'd had to miss two days of school <clears throat> a week to go train with like the reserves or, or the youth team. And he'd make us sing and dance in front of the first team every time we went in. So obviously we just trained. I'm starving, can't eat, because all I'm thinking about is I've got to fucking sing in a minute. What am I going to sing? Or what am I going to What am I going to do? How am I going to dance? Like, this is proper old school. And what am I going to do? So, mate, one day, uh, one day, he's gone, he's come and sat in our changing room. No, no, we, no, me and my mate used to, like, pretend that we buzzed off him, like, mate, you're a ledge, geez. like, honestly, you're a ledge. Like, proper buzzing off him, but we're obviously, like, looking at each other, thinking, you're such an egg. Like, we don't... <laughs> And one day he's come and sat in our changing room with all like all the young boys. And I'm, come on then. I'll have all I'll have you all at the same time. And I've gone like, I've, I've, I honestly I've gone like that straight away, thinking that we're all gonna like rush him and like beat him up. And he's gone and picked on one of uh, a goalkeeper who was like he was skinny, he was a ginger guy. Obviously, he was an easy target. <laughs> so he's gone and sat next, sat next to him. And we used to call him Sherm. So sorry, Sherm, mate. I know, I know you remember the story. <laughs> uh, he used to call him Sherm and he was like come on Sherm what the fuck are you going to do you going to do something and Sherm was like put his head down obviously shitting himself I looked across at my mate and I said come on this is our time let's fuck him up let's beat him up <laughs> and, uh, I've literally I've, one of my mates has stood up jumped on his back so I've run over and he's kind of fallen on the floor and I've run over and I've seen an opening. I've seen his face pop through. So I've given him a quick jab. And I've, <laughs> jumped, I've, jumped, I've jumped back out because he got, he got his mate off. He's like, who fucking punched me? He punched me in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good banner, but it was, it was proper old school. Got loads of old school stories, but fucking. Did, uh, did anything come with that? Nah, he was, he was fine with it. He, he wanted it. He was, nah, to be honest, at the end, he was actually, he was, a, he was a really good guy. He was a really nice guy. But he was just a dick because we was just young. He was just giving us the same shit that he probably got when he was young. For your money to go home. <laughs> you got any other old school stories that you think might be uh, might be quite interesting from back in the day? Changing yeah, I so uh, yeah, got loads, mate. So <laughs> it was really off, mate. <laughs> uh, so basically, I had um, Steve Clark was my youth team manager when I was when I was really young. And we used to get travel expenses when we trained at Harleton. And uh, it was like four quid. But obviously I needed that money to catch my bus to go home because I had no money. Because um, obviously I'm a, I'm a young kid. Mm. And he's gone one day, all right, to get your travel expenses, you've got to tell me a joke and make me smile. To everyone, to all, all, all of us. I'm thinking, a joke? <laughs> I don't know the fucking jokes. I just, give my, I just give my money. I just want to go home. I don't want to tell you a joke. Anyway, <laughs> so he's lined us all up. He's lined us all up. And um, <laughs> he's lined us all up down this tight corridor. And we're going one by one into his office to tell him a joke. And uh, my mate, my mate Jack Watkins was in front of me. He's got Manchester you thought of a joke. I was like, yeah, I've got one. He's like, oh, what's your joke? I've got one as well. So I've told him a joke. And he's walked in and told Steve my joke. 
So he just started laughing and then he's walked out and like giving me that grin like, sorry, mate. <laughs> I, said, I was like, Jack, obviously I was young. I was like, what the fuck you done? And obviously I was pissed. So I've walked in the office. I was like, and Steve was like, he was really, he was really dry. Like he was so dry. You couldn't tell if he was being serious or if he was joking around. So he's gone to me and I've gone to him. Steve, honestly, Jack's just taking my joke. I, I don't, I don't have another one. He's like, so how, so how are you going to get your money then? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, Steve, but I need that money because I need to go home. I need, I need to, get, <laughs> I need that money to get the bus home. And he's gone. All right. So he's lined everyone down the corridor, like either side. And I've had to sing and dance coming up the corridor to get my fucking money to go home. <laughs> and, then, and I remember what I sung as well. I, I sung fucking, I'm a maniac on the dance floor, like going up. Do you know the Steve Stifler dance from American Pie? I've literally yeah. done that going up the hallway. <laughs> Oh, is that a, is that character building though as a youngster? Do you know that's obviously why he's doing it, isn't he? He's not just doing it to try and be a knob. It's it's trying to is he trying to build a little bit of character in it in a young yeah, yeah. million percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, now when you look back at it, I just think it's banner. I just think it's funny, mm -hmm. hilarious. At the time, you want you, honestly, you want you just want to go home and cry. <laughs> you're just in that situation, you're just like, no, why? Why have I got to do this? Why? And it was, yeah, it was a nightmare. I've got another one. <laughs> yeah, so when I was at uh, when I was at um, Chelsea, and Mourinho was manager, <laughs> I had like long braids, like really long braids, and um, Mourinho's come up. He walks into the into um, like the cafeteria bit where we're all eating, and he's gone. Once uh, you want to come uh, preseason first team? I said, yeah, of course. Said, yeah, that's unbelievable by the way yeah, like, like, you're going to LA he's like alright cut your hair I, I, I started laughing I was like yeah good one uh, I'd grown my hair for like six years at that point I was like and then he walked out and I started talking like to some coaches like was he, was he being serious Do you want me to come here Do I have to come here because he literally shaved his hair at that point as well and wanted everyone to do it as well and <laughs> I went doing it and um, honestly <clears throat> went home that night didn't sleep was thinking shit have I got to cut my hair like don't know what to do so in the morning I've gone in I've gone in and I'm working with like one of the sports scientists in the gym and we're the only ones in there and I felt his presence walk in the gym I haven't turned around so I, but I know he's there I know he's I know he's there <laughs> and he's gone you still haven't cut your hair I was like shit and then he walked out and then he called me again I was like but drug bar's got long hair. Yeah, but obviously in a panicky voice, like a nervous little kid's voice, and he's gone, but this fucking drug bar. <laughs> I was like, thinking, fuck, I've got, I've got to cut my hair. Didn't sleep that night at all, whatsoever. Panicking, coming to train him, thinking, shit, still haven't cut my hair. So he's sitting like, we're warming up, I'm warming up, um, and he had this big fucking Portuguese goalkeeping coach. And I'm stretching on the floor. And all of a sudden, someone's picked me up like a ragdoll, like literally locked my arms like a ragdoll. So I'm literally like that, can't move. He, Jose Mourinho's like walked up to me, pulled out like the clippers, gone to shave, like switched it on, gone to shave my hair. And I obviously didn't do it. And then just shaved a little bit of his like coach's hair and he was pissed off. But then... <laughs> Yeah, that was it, mate. But I was fucking petrified and I was terrified for about a week. And literally, he was on me in training. I could not make one mistake because if I made one mistake, boy, it was game over. Like, like people were making mistakes around me. I made one mistake. Mancien, what the <laughs> fuck, mate? I'm thinking, the first thing I've done wrong. Like, give me, <laughs> give me a chance. But no, um, it's right. it actually made me a better player, man, because it made me so switched on in training. I was so, I was proper switched on. And literally, I seen him. No, he got the Tic Tac and then uh, I seen him at I was on I was in the stands uh, against Man United and um, he was watching the game he was sat behind me and all, all I felt was someone come and slap me at the, on the back of my neck like really hard he's like you remember when I tried to make you cut your hair and just started like laughing about it and I was like <laughs> <laughs> It makes a good point, though. To be fair, it's Didier Drogba, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't even know, mate. I don't know. I don't know why I said it because I think I said it because he. I think Drogba walked past me at that moment and like turned back and smiled at me, like half smiled at me. 
like, oof, awesome. <laughs> and obviously, I said, Joe Bob's got, uh, I whispered it, I almost whispered it because I was that scared to say it to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's it, really. Quality. Um, all right, question number 10 dinner party with three other people from, from the football, from the game. Who and why? It doesn't have to be who you played with. It could be like idols of growing up or someone that you might find interesting, maybe. Um, that's, a, that's a good. I don't know, to be honest. I don't want to have dinner party with fucking no one in football, to be honest. <laughs> uh, no, if I had to, I'll probably pick people that I just look at and just thought were ledge. Probably like Zidane. Ronaldinho Bex because he's a ledge. I don't know how that conversation would go because fucking don't know if they can speak English, but <laughs> probably probably that probably those three. Are they are they that so Zidane and Ronaldinho, do you look at them in, in terms of like you think they're the, the best ever? Yeah. Well, Ronaldinho, one of the most exciting players to watch ever, hundred percent. I remember when he came to Stanford Bridge and like did that little toe poke thing on the edge of the box, and like everyone, no one. I was at that. I was in the stands. On in the stands, I was watching them. Um, I was watching the game. I was at the stadium, and no one knew what had happened. The, like the whole stadium just went silent. Everyone was just like, "What the fuck just happened? How he's just how has he scored?" Like just toe, but like it was just so exciting to watch. He's such a good player, and just Zidane because he was just so mate. He was just like fucking ballerina playing football. He was a joke. So good. That that brings up an inc- interesting question, actually. Who's the best player you, you've played against? You reckon? <clears throat> played against? Mm. Um, probably... I, I wouldn't say he's the best player I've played against, but he's probably one of the toughest players I've ever played against. Um not even just him, man, because the whole team was rotating. It was against Bayern Munich when I was at Hamburg. Their team was a disgrace. Honestly, they had... I felt sorry for our fullbacks. They had Robin and Ribery on the on the wings. And these guys, like, you know, normal wingers, sometimes they'll try and take you on and sometimes they'll just play it easy, play it inside. Nah. These guys, every time they got the ball, they were at our fullbacks, like, running at them, full pace. Mate, it was... I felt sorry for them. And they, who did they have up front? There was Gomez... It was Mario Gomez, and he was fucking. He was a handful, mate. It was such a handful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That was probably one of the toughest opponents I played against. Just mate, just the whole team in general. Literally, they mate. I'll tell you another story quickly. So when I was there, thank God I was injured, and uh, I'd just come back. And thank, thank God I was on the bench because mm. we put we played them away, and we lost. What was the score? Was it like 9-2? All I'm saying was, every time they shot, they scored. Like, they were they were so good. Yeah. Honestly, so, so good. And literally, <laughs> we had to uh, we had to f- throw a cookout and give give our fans free beer for our travelling fans just to say, like, apologise for that disgraceful, like, result. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was that bad, man. But they were so good. They were such a good team. Mate, I've I seen, um, I was doing a bit of research, the hours of research that I did for the for the podcast. One of the things I've seen, you played in the under-21 um, European Championship and yet you, you come run, you get to the final and come run his up, is it 2009? Yeah, we got absolutely pumped by the German team that went on and won the World Cup. Oh, was it? Yeah, literally, it was literally the German team that went on and won the World Cup that absolutely pumped us. They what? were, they were so good. <laughs> Yeah, who who was in that team then? Were you with it on the twenty one team? Like, I can look at it right now. I've got a picture over there. I had Kieran Gibbs, Mark Noble, uh, Martin Craney, Fraser Campbell. Uh, there was Mika Richards, Ned Amonua, Fabrice Mwamba, Lee Catamol, uh, um, Fia Walcott, okay. Ryan Bertram was there. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Gabriel Bonglahor, Tom Huddleston. Yeah, we had a good. We had, we actually had a really good team as well, and they they absolutely battered us. They had like Ozil and their team was a joke. Boateng playing, Neuer. Um, 
I'm sure Muller was playing that game as well. Yeah. Yeah, they were just, they were just they were so good. No disrespect losing to them though, innit? You know what I mean? Like they've gone on the world won the World Cup a few years later. I know. Honestly, but at the time you just felt like a mug. But um <laughs> yeah, when you saw them like Man, that's why they're doing so well because they've, they've trusted their young boys and just like giving them an opportunity. That's what they do in Germany, to be honest. They'll rather push through like a youngster than go and buy someone to fill that youngster's spot, which is good. Right. Finally, then um, we've really enjoyed it, but we 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 need to get onto the next the next level, and we're trying to get Lionel Messi. Have you got any? Have you got any connections from them stories that you can can you link <laughs> can you link us with anyone who can get us near the big dog himself? Nah, mate. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I did play. I did play with. Nah, nah, nah. No one. No one. Nah, no one. There's literally no one. I can't forget anyone. We're best, best. best trying to get that contact. <laughs> the, that's normally the answer. The follow up to that is: Is there anyone that you think might be up for coming on the podcast? That, uh, that your mates within the game, or someone that you might think might have an interesting story. Yeah, I got, I got, yeah, probably get a few, few boys, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably get, I'll probably get a few boys for you if you want. Yeah, nice yeah, one, yeah. Drogba? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah, 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 no worries, boys. No worries. I, I actually enjoyed it as well. It was nice to talk. Oh, mate. Nice one. Appreciate that, man. All right, top man. Cheers, yeah. boys. Cheers, yeah, fellas. Cheers.